Welcome to Mint, the podcast exploring the Web3 creator economy. I'm your host, Adam Levy, and every Tuesday and Thursday, I'll be showing you what's happening at the corner where crypto meets creators by interviewing Web3's top creative entrepreneurs, collectors, and founders. This episode is brought to you by the composable and decentralized social graph Lens Protocol, who's ready for you to build on so that you can focus on creating a great experience, not scaling your users. Guys, I've talked about this on the podcast before. We as creators need to break through a new paradigm of social networking apps that we control rather than them controlling us. Lens Protocol isn't a social media app. It's designed to let Web3 social apps bloom. Own your content, own your social graph, own your data. Lens Protocol is the last social media handle you'll ever have to create. This episode welcomes Heno, the Web3 native music artist who joined Mint to share the latest on his upcoming EP, In the Meantime, which acts as a vehicle to his next album, I'm Tired of Being Hyper-Surveilled. Throughout the hour, we break down his intentions behind the project and the overarching restorative justice initiative that he's focusing the entire release around. I hope you guys enjoy our conversation. Heno, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for being on. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Just uh, just glad to be here. Um, been watching the the podcast and aware of what you've been doing in the space. So glad we can come together for a very uh, important conversation. You know, likewise. Feeling? I'm a, I'm feeling good. I'm a collector of yours. I you've been on my on my radar for a minute now. Um, I feel like I've collected two of your things at this point, and then we also met at one of like the crypto events. I think yeah, in I think New York it was in or New something. York or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Somewhere. Yeah. So long time coming, well yeah. overdue, but we're here now. I think a yep. good place to start, Heno, is who are you, man? What does the world need to know about you? Um, and how did you get your start into crypto? Word. Um, okay, for those who don't know me, my name is Heno. I'm a first-generation Ethiopian Eritrean uh, artist, producer, overall creative, um, and I'm from Tacoma Park, Maryland. Uh, I got into Web3 about a year and a half ago, I would say like last April. And it was a uh, shout out to Tara Moves, the visual artist that I, I really work with a lot. And she was very adamant about me getting into Web3 and utilizing NFTs and stuff because of my intentionality and my storytelling, uh, which I, I come from traditional music too. Um, done a lot of like touring shows, um, performances or like collaborations, just stuff like that. And um, yeah, so she was just like, you know, and, it kind of opened me into like understanding, I guess what I've noticed in traditional music, which was like conversations are more around like marketing and like, what's the single more than like sure. the stories. So when I started to join Twitter spaces and clubhouse and just kind of hearing the conversations around music, people really did care about like intentionality and storytelling in a way that I aligned with and um, kind of saw a space for me um, to tell, to tell my, my truths and, and, and really connect off of that. And, from there, kind of just spending the first six months just learning. I didn't want to rush for the process of that because I think that it honestly does you good to take your time in Web3 and to like understand things. So I was just showing up, showing up in Twitter spaces, showing up, hearing conversations and people would say things like smart contractor, you know, um, just and I would watch videos. So I would just take my time watching a few videos a day for like six months and eventually wow. felt comfortable enough to. You know, I was reaching out to people. I would like listen to drop people's drop parties and hear their stories and then just, you know, reach out and say, hey, like what you're doing is great. Keep it up. Like, I don't need right. anything for you. I'm not shilling my project. I just wanted to like organically just reach out and, and show love. And 
over months of doing that, I kind of started to build that community with people I kept seeing. Cause you see the same people over and over at certain, at certain points when the more you're really in it. And I went to my first IRL experience in, uh, in Atlanta. Shout out to Black NFT Art and Umbadima. Um, they really, uh, they had brought me onto minting my Genesis NFT, uh, which was like a animation by Don Jaye and that they paired me with for a record I put out. Um, and yeah, they, it, from there, I kind of just met a lot of people in the space that I'd been seeing, but more importantly, I was at an IRL experience that I saw a lot of people who looked like me and I didn't realize how important that was to like really connect with people in the space that shared similar perspectives and stories. Um, and that was very powerful for me and shout out to NFT now, cause they, they were really like adamant seeing me perform and sh showing my work and speaking about it. They, they had invited me to uh nft nyc and we're just like you need to come check this out like and i i did and from there i kind of just started going to all the events you know that got you know the art basils the uh south by southwest all the 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 nft la's just even helping organize and be a part of nft oakland um and that was crazy just kind of learning what we've learned and being able to bring web3 and empower artist communities that sure. i have close ties to and it just was like a whirlwind of stuff and being able to just sell out on all of the NFTs I've been dropping on like Zora or, you know, um, collaborations with Mick Jenkins or like Toro Imoa or being a part of the Snoop Dogg drop um, at Sound, uh, doing stuff on Catalog. Um, just You've been every everywhere. It's been yeah. kind of crazy. So fast forward a year and a half later, um, you know, I... I've always been community oriented too, even outside of Web3. Um, before Web3, I've done a lot of volunteering at different organizations, whether that's for the LAUSD, um, helping with public schools, uh, whether that's People's Program in Oakland, um, Little Sisters of the Poor in Washington, D.C., um, and even uh, foundations in Ethiopia helping build and fundraise for knowledge centers. Um, I, I'm paying it forward is always like been a thing for me so being in web3 and being able to use storytelling and use this intentionality and use these tools to then uplift and, and and help other communities that i have like ties to has been like now what i feel not only is like a great opportunity to do but i also feel like it's a responsibility to do because i've learned so much here and it's like okay well we can actually apply and use these tools in a way we couldn't in traditional music sure um so that's kind of just where nice. what leads us here today and kind of just what fuels some of this social impact stuff i'm on in web3 and yeah that's that's a, that's a very long-winded intro but no that's, that's <laughs> a perfect intro because it really of, highlights it highlights sort of like your 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 overall journey being in so many different pockets in so many mm -hmm. different communities and there's a reason why you've had the success that you've had uh well and your story is very unique um your background is very unique and you've been able to navigate like the the social the, the social capital element of of finding your community in a world that's that's new that's fresh that's confusing to many yeah. and one thing that i try to <laughs> highlight on the podcast is i want to i want to like pick your brain on some tips cuz there's a lot of artists that are trying to navigate the space and mm -hmm. you seem to have figured it out for the most part um how how do you sort of go by navigating an environment that you're unfamiliar with right? Such I, as Web3. Yeah, yeah I, I compare it to like, everything is a learning process, right? Everything 
that you initially try is going to make you uncomfortable. Like when you rode your bike for the first time, you were a little scared, but once you got it, you got it. And I think that having that kind of mindset when approaching something like this, because I I self-admittedly say that Web3 is intimidating. It is a lot of things to know. It's a lot of, it's an ever-changing area. So like every day are new tools and, you know, so it's like, I think just one, being kind to yourself in the process of like navigating, because I think that some people just see, especially during bull markets, just see big sales. And it's just like, oh, I got to just, people think it's like a gold mine rush. And it's like, you got to really take your time. The same way you build a house, you got to really build your foundation and take time building that before you build the next level. You can't have the site of the whole house and you got to take your time just or else the house could fall. So like, and I think people can really tell with people who are being authentic and being genuine versus like people just in it trying to view it as a cash grab. So I would just say one thing is definitely just take your time learning because in the long run, you 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 do yourself more good um, rather than just kind of rushing in and being reckless, just DMing a lot of people and just spamming like that. that that's too much. I think also like taking time to like look and find communities that you personally align with. Um, for me, I, I, I took time to just kind of navigate the space and Obviously, I make music NFTs, so I was looking at music and people making music. I also found a lot of like, you know, artists that that have a similar perspective as me. So I started to connect with artists that would talk about the things that I like, or just even find visual art or just things that I just personally liked. Um, because you know, you can just show some love and not need to like ask for anything. Or and and one thing I will say is also as a new person, when you go into Twitter spaces, if someone's having a drop party, you know, everything is about time and place, you know? So I think that I've seen people who misstep when they join Twitter spaces and then they try to shill their project when it's somebody else's drop party. Like just, you know, you can, you can show up and support somebody without needing something from them. And then people will then eventually ask what you do just because you're showing up. And the last thing I'll say is just show up. I think, there isn't any like way to go about it. You know, like you kind of just hit the ground running when you're in it and like it clicks for some more than others. But once you kind of find your like communities or find things that interest you, just explore that. And I think that, like I said, it, like the the more time you take really trying to identify and know yourself to know what you need and what you like and what you're trying to get into, then the easier it is for people to kind of formulate around that. Uh, I also just have had like the benefit of, uh, you know, people saw that I was trying in the space and then sure. people who saw that were like down to help. Cause I think when you ask for advice, you get help. And when you ask for help, you get advice. So as somebody that didn't ask for help, I just kind of said, Hey, cause I'm doing the work. I'm doing the work of learning. I'm doing the work of showing up. And if I have a simple question that doesn't take long for you to kind of, you know, I had people like Andre O'Shea or shout out to like Black Dave, shout out to uh, Stones the Organic, shout out to Latasha. These were people that like that early on saw what I was doing and, you know, they were down to like help me because I was helping myself and I was I was genuine about it. So um, it's it's all about showing that. And I think people who want to see you do are going to be those people to help also support you. But it, it takes it takes that intention. It takes that time. It takes that that showing up so people know that you're serious and i think right. those are things that i would start with people like 
you know, like start there. And I think from there you kind of find your way in it, um, organically. Makes sense. Just, yeah, man. Makes sense. Makes sense. I think at some point you're going to have to write out a playbook too, because today, <laughs> how many, how many NFTs have you sold today? Music NFTs? Uh, at least, at least like 150 or 160 at this point. Um, what was your first one? My first one, uh, shout out to Don Jai. Um, we did a, on foundation, it was a 30 sec, 15 to 30 second animation that he did mm. of portals timed to a song or synced to a song I did called parallel timelines. Um, oh, oh wow. I'm just realizing, uh, this is mad unrelated, but like the remix of that song featuring Mick Jenkins dropped a year ago yesterday wow. or today wow. i think crazy so like the day we're recording this Damn. i'm like oh that's because that also was that yeah. that was because he also like we also connected and then you know we ended up dropping the remix and then we did nfts with that remix as well so like that was on zora i think and then right i think we did like two on zora or something like that but Makes yeah sense. what's up guys sorry for the quick pause but i wanted to tell you about bellow a new blockchain analytics tool I built that helps Web3 native creators and communities learn more about their collectors and their on-chain behavior. Through a simple search, Bellows Intelligence can help you figure out a price for your NFT drop, show you what other communities your collectors are a part of, and empower you with insights to make confident decisions on how to grow your community. I built Bellow with you in mind. So as a creator myself, Bellows helped me make money by finding sponsors for the podcast and allowed me to curate better content for you guys and now it's ready to help other creators too if you're a web3 native creator nft project founder or community manager join the waitlist to try bellow's beta product today by signing up at bellow.lol forward slash join that's b-e-l-l-o dot l-o-l forward slash join all right back to the episode um, and I know, so. I know, like your your background, how you grew up was very unique, and I think you've sort of paid that forward in terms of people understanding what you're about, the music mm -hmm. that you create, the the image that you've sort of like put upon yourself when when you're communicating the things that you care about. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest things, um, and it's sort of like why I wanted to do this conversation is sort of like where do music NFTs meet social impact initiatives, right? Uh -huh. And it's it's super important, I know, and it's very it's a very sensitive topic to you as well, which. I actually want to I want to I want to understand better because I'm not you. I didn't yeah. grow up the, in a way that you grew up and I and I I'm trying to understand like why you feel so aligned number 1 with this uh, initiative, right? That you're you're pushing towards and mm -hmm. sort of like the context behind that. Yeah, yeah, man. Um like I'm from Tacoma Park, Maryland, so it's an environment at the time I was growing up cuz you know, gentrification's a thing now, so that <laughs> a lot of people that were there like you know, aren't anymore, but Growing up, it was a very active environment. It's on the borderline of DC and Maryland. So I, I was, I had to unfortunately grow up very fast, I feel. Um, so I normalized a lot of what I was seeing, whether that was heavy police, in, uh, in, interventions, um, whether it was like just street shit. Um, there's just a lot of like, it was very fast paced. So I had a weird duality growing up where, I'm from the projects. Um, I was in Park Ritchie in on Maple Avenue. Um, and two <laughs> and two buildings next door was the elementary school I went to where I was a straight A student. So going from the projects, like or being in the projects, but then like being one of the only black people, if not the only, like in a academic space was just this weird duality. Like people would 
So it was very hard to kind of like, I was overexposed to just kind of seeing both sides of the, like this world as a young kid. And um, I think that that also just having to be a responsible person at a young age, um, just cause I just picked up on how things were moving and what I was seeing and um, whether that's experiences like being uh, assumed a drug dealer at six years old and being handcuffed in first in in elementary school um, to a table, um, whether that's having police break into my house multiple times, one of which I've had guns pointed uh, what, as a child, whether that's seeing my my brothers or seeing my family be harassed by law enforcement, like it, it it's something like the and it's crazy is that I said like the build my elementary school was two buildings to the right. The police station was right next to the elementary school. And this is all in the same street. So it was just like a lot of, it was just very like, it was very like active, you know? So kind of having to be smart about how you move and things was just something, again, as a kid, I've been accustomed to. And unfortunately you see, you know, a lot of people like go down the roads of like, you know, being arrested, going to jail, getting killed, overdosing, like just all of that was going on around me growing up. And I had to add and navigate a lot of that. Um, and music was that thing for me that like, as a first generation, um, you know, American, my parents saw music as a hobby, not as like something to ever do, because they wanted me to be a doctor. Um, that was like the roadmap for me. So I was, you know, doing pre-med at Howard University. I was working at a hospital as a CNA and retirement homes, working uh, with multiple patients a day. And meanwhile, doing music and they were seeing that music was a thing, but like it was the thing that kept me safe. It would be like go to <laughs> either get in this car and ride with the older homies or right. stay home and make beats. And like it would be every time I picked music, I'd find myself in a situation where, oh, man, you avoided getting pulled over and like all this shit happening are you avoided like fights going on are you invited like oh someone died or like you know like it just it was things like that happening so so almost like and you kind of get numb to it after a while because of how normal it was so like it was traveling and music was the thing that allowed me to travel that having conversations with people and 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 and, and getting into different spaces and realizing wow like a lot of the shit that i've seen is not normal in other places. So, and I, you know, as an older person reflecting and kind of looking back, I saw that Maryland was at the time of my growing up, one of the highest, had one of the highest incarceration rates for young black men from like 18 to 25. And that kind of just validated a lot of what I was going through. Even to this day, I go home and I still get harassed by law enforcement because I look a certain way. And, you know, that it really made things difficult growing up, let alone when we moved to a new neighborhood thinking that things would get better it was it wasn't um it was just as bad so it was kind of just like if i don't do something about this like or i at least change up how i'm moving around it all like it's not going to be good for just me so i i i made a conscious decision to kind of just pivot from a lot of things because i think that you know i recognize early that like you can't make everybody happy and sometimes like there was a cultural like you know, misunderstanding, like my parents didn't realize how, how real it was getting around like our neighborhood. Like they didn't realize that I was around like stick up kids, like robbing houses or like, I was around a lot of shit like that. Like they just didn't understand. And I kind of, just was like, I got to do me. I've been like kind of on my own and like, at least financially independent since I was like 17, 18. And I didn't want to be a burden to my family. So I kind of 
took it upon myself to always be smart about how I move. Um, and again, like I, I see, I see like you hear the saying, be the change you want to see. Right. And I, again, right. I, a lot of these experiences are just so normal to me that like, it was when I eventually moved to California, I realized it was even, you know, the grass ain't greener sometimes. Like, so like just a lot of the hardships of being an independent artist on your own. Like I was homeless out here. I was like sleeping at parks sometimes or just like fucking like couch surfing, trying to figure it out. But music was this thing that always just kept me safe and kept me um, in a place where I can heal from like a lot of what I've been dealt with and what I've seen and what I've witnessed. And, um, and yeah, basically that's part of like, I guess some of the inspiration behind why I want to pay for it. I have a lot of friends right now who are incarcerated. I got homies who are dead off of this shit. Like I got people who, who, who are in situations where even when you come back home from jail, you go back to jail because you don't have opportunities because you're a felon or because you have, uh, you have, you have limited resources just coming out. And like, I think that in California, for instance, there are laws that prevent discrimination if you have a felony or if you have a misdemeanor. But in other places, especially in Maryland, they don't give a damn about that. It's just like, nope, did you think you could get a job? You know, so it just kind of like leads to people getting back into what they initially did to get them in jail and then they go back mm -hmm. and then it's for a lengthier sentence because it's a violation of sorts. And then they have to pay more money for a lawyer to then try to fight that. But then usually they don't even have the money to do that. So then they're like trying to then do what they did that got them in trouble to pay for a lawyer to get them out of the thing that they're initially in trouble with. And it's a cycle that is been something I've seen so, so, so much. And it's something that like, if we don't do anything about like recidivism and we don't treat certain cases, like they, they are like not all criminal charges. Like some of these are like petty misdemeanors or like having possession of like weed or something or having like this little things that like, aren't like nonviolent, like, but people who can't afford even bail to come home from like these things end up sitting waiting for their trial for like a year. I have homies who have done, who have been sitting in jail for like a year waiting just to get a trial. So then it's like that, that eventually gets, you know, taken off of your ultimately lengthier sentence. But ultimately it's just like, if someone doesn't have a couple thousand dollars to come home, they're stuck. And some people are like, you know, you're SOL. And it's like, we're, we're continuously, even in 2022, still seeing these, these like, really outdated structures of like how how we're treating and how we're looking at nonviolent crimes sometimes sometimes people just need therapy sometimes people just need like real resources to like do better and, and come back home and, and 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 be productive members of society but if we don't even give them a chance or like it's 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 a fucked up game it really is and like as someone that also puts money on books of people who are incarcerated right now i can tell you it's not it's not cheap to be in jail right, right. <laughs> so it's like so like <laughs> i say that to say yeah this this hits home in a way that like i'm speaking for a lot of people who are literally like who who can't speak like this like there are people who are in, like during covid it, you know how crazy jail was for people who are during covid like if you had covid you were put in isolation in maryland like they put you mm. in iso like that's for people who get in trouble like right. you're being scolded because you caught something that you couldn't control like it, it, it blows my mind. Like even the ability to like, just to try to see somebody, it takes certain 
facilities, it's, it's such a, it's such a hassle. It's such a, it, it just, it pains me because again, I know a lot of people who right now, like I got homies who are doing 15 years off of a decision they made in 15 seconds. When you make decisions off of your emotions and some of that isn't like rooted in, some of that's rooted in trauma. Some of that's rooted in like the way someone's grown up, like doesn't make them a terrible person. It just means like, it's unfortunate. And like, there are ways to help treat nonviolent crimes for like, to like help and like make people like, I don't know, productive members of society. That's just generally like what inspired me to like do this type of work well before mm -hmm. Web3. And like telling these stories is because I feel like a responsibility at this point to speak on my truths and, and, and the things I've, I've been accustomed to. Like I just dropped a record, Jansport Freestyle, where I'm talking about the police running into my house on Black Friday a few years ago. And, and, and they didn't even have a warrant. They didn't have anything. They just ran in my house while I was half drunk and half asleep. And my mom is banging on my door, panicking that they've swept my first floor. I had to wake up the next morning and just see wreckage. I had to see like my couches turned and see like papers and just glass. It was just a mess. And then just for them to say we had the wrong house. Oh, like, sorry, file a complaint if you feel away. And that's it. That's all that happens. And it's just like, you know, you don't want to file a report because they'll come look at your house. They'll be like, they're the guys that reported us. Like, it was very, very uncomfortable growing up and living in Maryland because it was a lot of this, like sometimes by affiliation and just because I look a certain way, it prevented me from even doing little things like shopping at certain places or I'm driving and I get pulled over because I drive a Lexus and I guess I don't look like a Lexus and I get asked if I have dead bodies in my car. I get asked if I have like you wouldn't believe the questions I get, like even as my most recent trip back home like a month ago i still get pulled over and like all these things and oh shit you know i say that to say like this is a very real thing for me where it comes from so being that change that i want to see it stems from being in web3 seeing all this abundance seeing all this all these ways that we have these tools that empower us as creatives yes but we also have an ability to again like make revenue off of our music in a way that we haven't in traditional music, but then also we can use that to help things that we, part of my friends give a fuck about. And I give yeah. a fuck about this. So like, so let's, let's, let's talk what, about that for a yeah. second, because I want to understand like, why is web? I said a, a lot platform? of shit right now. So no, no. And it's, it's all really, <laughs> no, I know everything you said is all really relevant because these, these, yeah. these issues are very near and dear to you, right? You obviously feel a certain yeah. alignment with it because you've experienced it yourself your family, friends, etc. I'm trying to understand why is mm -hmm. Web3 the perfect platform to target social justice from your perspective? Because I think that like tra traditional music doesn't care about this stuff in a, in, a, in a certain way. They care about it if it's commercially successful. But in terms of telling these stories and trying to drive conversation, that's not something that's more or less like it's cool to do, but it's not something that I think carries the same weight that Web3 does where people do care about this intentionality, do care about people putting in work and do care about ultimately community. And I think that if I'm building a community of people that I want to, that align with things that I align with, then I want, I want that to reflect and, 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 and be something that again, is bigger than myself. I think all of this shit is, I have no ego in this shit because 
I come from like not having much at all. I come from very humble beginnings. So like being in a space where there's again, so much of all of this, all of this ETH and all this stuff going on. It's like, I don't need all of this, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's like, what, what can we do to really drive something more impactful than ourselves? And that, that was the question I had to ask myself. Um, and it was an intention that I kind of wanted to bring into web three, but it takes a lot of time again to like really build towards something like this. So just being a good student in this game, uh, soaking up what I've learned and wanting to now pivot in a more like in a more like a more found like I guess in more of this way where I'm like, cool, like let's start to really push this social impact stuff. I think my entire career to this point, if you listen to anything I've put out, ties all this in. So like this is very authentic and very in line with everything that I've done in my life to this point. Um, right. So it just it just made sense to kind of like and I think that, again, people like yourself, people who 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 hear this and hear like I'm, what I'm speaking on that resonate or just even just see that I'm very serious about it and want to get behind what I'm doing. Like th it's not like I'm trying to be a role model or like anything. It's not like a so holier than thou. It's like not nah, like I'm in the. I'm in the trenches trying to do this work because I want to see more of it. And if I can't complain and say, we need to, we need more social impact in web three, if I'm not doing it, like, I can't, I can't, you know what I mean? It's like, I can't say like, I need to see more of this. And it's like, if I'm not doing it, then, and then, then I just kind of want to lead by that example. Like if I'm talking right. it, then I need to do it. And, and sure. I, that's, I've been doing it, but now it's like, here's a new way to do it. And like, here's a, here's a, a new way to, do it in a way that that feels good. It feels good to like, you know, wake up and think how I can like try to help people beyond myself because it's not it's it's not about me. This like all these calls, all these things I'm trying to do are, are, is bigger than myself. So uh, I think that's that's why I think it works in Web three because it's easier for people to come into this with no ego and just hear stories and hear conversation and like. It's like, cool, like, what do we do with these conversations? Like, let's have some action yeah. behind these conversations. Yeah. And it, 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 we just now have tools to do this stuff more like tangibly. I so I think and it's NFTs, NFTs are the perfect tool for storytelling. Um, yeah. And I think, Heno, you really nailed, like, you really nailed the head. Like, NFTs are a tool. It's how you use them to sort of build community, build purpose, and bring people together. And you talked about sort of like organizing projects and, you know, you have a huge project coming up, right? With a with a music release schedule featuring five songs, three part short film where four, you're four, donating four, four, four. four part short. No, 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 no. Four four songs, three part short. Oh, film. okay, four songs. All right, I see one that's also in the meantime EP that's going to be released on DSPs, right? So maybe that's like yeah. a, just a DSP only hit. So four songs that you're going to be releasing uh, through a, a Web three format, mm -hmm. and then you have a three part short film. You're donating 50% of all the revenue that's generated through ETH to some organizations that you align with, mm -hmm. right? That I, I'd love to hear your perspective. And I and I see the Bail Project. I see the Maryland Alliance for Justice Reform. Mm -hmm. I see uh, Baltimore Action Legal Team to sort of help with like the back end of stuff, right? Um, and I guess the whole entire thing is sort of like, I'm tired of being hyper surveilled, right? Yeah, that's what we're building towards. Um, right. Did I nail that? yeah that's a good just uh i would say so it's yeah four records there's an ep that i'm putting out called in the meantime it'll be okay. put out on dsps in january and that's a nine song project Got four it. of those songs are going to be minted in this upcoming collection 
with Andre O'Shea doing 3D animations that are paired with the four songs. And then um, and then we will also be doing a, yeah, a three-part short film coinciding the musical experience where um, the rare objects, which are the, the 3D animations that are being made, will actually be in the short film. Like we'll have objects that people will collect a part of this collection that then they get to see in real in a in a film in a in a in, in something that I think is cool to kind of you know be a cool use case on the creative side of just I have a thing an NFT that I can see in application in another type of mo- hmm, media, uh, media. and um, I just thought that that was really cool to incorporate in the story and add themes to things that people will will see later. But the ultimate roadmap is all this is going towards my my forthcoming album called I'm Tired of Being Hyper Surveilled. It's going to come out late 2023. And yeah, like I said, like given that what we've been speaking on is just it's all tied to um, kind of just surveillance, how it, it's real implications on marginalized communities, uh, as well as just what it comes with with you know, any innovation of tech has pros and cons. So um, it's more just a statement project, just saying like, it's not a solution to it. It's just speaking my reality of that and and and, and giving perspective as to why I feel this way. And um, there will also be some very cool uh, stuff that we do on the social impact side with that album, as well as just some cool like VR stuff I can't get into all the way, but it's it's going to be a really cool experience. So um that's the roadmap between now and i guess next year um we're right. excited to just wow start it so, and i th- also the last yeah, thing i want to say ahead, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. i yeah, think yeah. surveillance is just a very heavy topic so instead of just kind of leading with that album i, I like this ep this short film this collection all these things i just want to kind of be the thing that i'm speed i'm like spoon feeding you like this bigger idea that then when we get to the album you'll be like you'll really kind of i want there to be like a vehicle like of sorts that people can kind of be along this journey, be in, be in the car while we drive and get to that point. So this is just the early part of the, of the roadmap. There's a lot coming. That's a um, lot, a it's lot a big coming. project. It's a big project. A film, I can't say who's on it. <laughs> a, a three part film. Like yes. when have you seen that be sort of curated? Um, your, your, your ability to sort of like mix different means and mediums of communication and art is sort of like the most fascinating thing to me because it's not just music, it's also film, right? And, and it's like, there's an audiovisual element to it, right? And like, you've sort of showed me stuff on, on behind the scenes that I was just like, wow, this is legit. Like, this is really exciting. Um, and thank you. Man. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll be collecting this. Like, you have my support. I love betting on the jockey. So I've been betting on you for, for a minute <laughs> now across your other stuff. And um, you, I'm excited to see this, excited to see this, this vision of yours and this purpose of yours come to life. And I commend you for using your platform of all things you could be preaching of all things you could be doing. You're deciding to focus on this, right? And I think that says a lot about you. I'm curious for others that want to get involved because I'm sure after hearing this episode, or I hope, I'm not sure, I hope other people may feel aligned the same way you feel aligned with Mm -hmm. this vision. How could somebody else join the fight? How can somebody else be a part of what you're doing? What kind of help are you looking for? Uh, man, I, I think I, I'm the type of person where I, asking for help is always like 
a lot for me to do. But I All think right, it's one kind of, of those what things. What kind of feedback or advice can we get? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I think it's I think it's one of those things of like <laughs> that's a funny point. I see the callback. No, no, no. Just just from the standpoint of like, if people feel aligned with this, I would hope that people would maybe check out the telly site that we built out where like we have all the information of like just our intentions, what the goals are, um, the organizations we want to support. Luckily the bail project does take ETH. They take crypto. So like just those, the ability to just do that all on chain is great. And the other two organizations that you said, the Baltimore action legal team and the Maryland Alliance for justice reform don't at the moment take crypto, but we would help them either make wallets that's the goal or you know just for future things that they should be doing or just give them usd from you know just converting and that i think i think supporting this collection would be really great because like i said 50 percent of not only the primaries 50 percent of the entire collection i made a wallet specifically with this initiative in mind that all the splits will go to this and you know everything will be on record of like where funds are going with full transparency right. and Again, this is a cause and this is something that personally aligns to me um, in a way that this isn't the only type of thing that I'm going to be doing. And, you know, uh, I plan on also just for the coming 2023 year, I plan on donating about 5% of my all of my Web3 primary revenue uh, to the same initiative. Um, Just wanting to, again, be somebody that like is not only talking the talk, but is very much in the trenches doing the work and i think that like that comes from just again personal alignment but also uh a, a, a feeling that I, I i need to take be more responsible with what i'm doing in this space and not to say i haven't been but it's like you know i'm, I'm i want to step into this a bit more and, and i want to be yeah. like i guess I don't think I'm pioneering in any way. I think there are people that might be doing this type of stuff too, but I do feel like at least in the purposes that I'm doing it in with recidivism and bail assistance, like those things, I feel like I'm pioneering and I want to continue to just push for it. And I'd hope that anyone that feels that way can just reach out to me because I'm super down for conversations that are around paying it forward and being another, a good use case of like how we can take this technology, take the creations and the art that we love to make and just have some good element to it beyond ourselves. So, yeah, yeah. all the music it, will man. be on Sound XYZ too. Um, cool. And uh, yeah, we've built out a Telly page. So shout out to both of them, and shout out to you, uh, Levy, for like just being like such a such a solid person to bounce ideas off of, and even just with Bello and and using uh, the the analytics to to help you know kind of figure out how we want to maneuver with this collection has been pretty helpful and Sick. you know pl- so shameless happy. plug uh anyone that you know y'all got to tap in with with this man he's really on i appreciate legit. you i appreciate <laughs> you bro i appreciate you so i want to i want to sort of sum this up um mm-hmm. because on november 1st you have your upcoming visual audio visual collection in collaboration mm-hmm. with andre oshia right oshia yeah um, andre oshia. oshia excuse me and uh and that's sort of like for the forthcoming ep titled in the meantime yes this small, this part, this EP in the meantime is part of the larger album called I'm Tired of Being Hyper Surveilled. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 50% of the sales generated from in the meantime will be placed in a wallet dedicated to supporting these organizations, combating, um, a lot of these, these, these issues that we talked about, uh, mm-hmm. throughout, throughout the last, uh, few minutes. And then, um, yeah, I guess I want to, I want to sort of like wrap this up because I'm, I'm also citing your mirror article that you published which if you haven't read it yet, I'll link it in the, in the episode show notes. But 
I want to sort of read this last part in the closing remarks because it's really, it's like it gave me the chills, right? And you're like, closing remarks in full transparency. I never really saw myself living this long. Stepping into Web3 and finding my way in music has presented me with an opportunity to do something meaningful and beyond myself or any ego. Paying it forward is a big part of everything that I do. And to be in the space amongst all this new newfound abundance, I see a responsibility to be or to also be a good steward and with with said abundance. I'm not perfect, nor do I aspire to be a role model or a person that acts holier than thou. I'm a real ass person that sees real issues in my community and wants to be a part of some real change. And I think if there's this element of wanting to be a part of change, there's no better platform than Web3. This whole uh, this whole energy of wanting to do something innovative, of doing something bigger than ourselves, of being a part of this aligned purpose of decentralization, right? Mm-hmm. Building audiences that we own, being creators that that we own the data, we be the we're the platforms, we have the control, we have the power. It's very much works in tandem with everything that a lot of us already stand for, and there's similarities and themes within it all. So I'm super excited, Heno. Um, I'm really excited that you chose Mint to also share this story. And I guess before we wrap up, any any last words, anything to say? Man, uh, you really just hit the nail on the head with that that you know just bringing up the closing remarks and. You know, I've I've spoken to that in in this in this uh, interview for sure. Um, but uh, closing remarks are just, I think, I think I just want people to realize that, like, when it comes to this space, I think I don't I don't I see this as an opportunity, like I said, to just do something bigger than myself, and and I think that I think that. Man, I have a lot of things that could be like closing remarks, but like you just ended it perfectly with just like, I'm a real ass person that's trying to make some real change that I just personally am aligned to. But I, I'd hope that like anyone that feels that way about anything that they are, are want to speak on might, might be inspired to do the same. Um, and, and, you know, there are many, you know, issues like I've seen DAOs that are doing like climate control stuff. Um, I've seen, you know, like there, there, it's like, uh, or climate change. I'm sorry. And like, they're just different causes that people want to get behind and, and, and support. And that doesn't have to be everybody. It's just something that I personally am aligned to. And I don't force it on anybody either. Um, as long as it's authentic to you and you feel like you want to do something and step up, kind of be the change you want to see. I didn't see enough sure. of what I'm doing. So I wanted to do it. And you there know, you go. I think that's what web three kind of allows us to do is like, we want, we have opportunities to do things. It could be for a different cause. It could be for whatever, but, um, just, also experiment like i just love experimenting in this bear market i think that like this bear market has really allowed us to see who's who's really about this web3 shit and like not just here for the bull market so like being in the trenches doing no work as we've been with ETH this low it's like you can tell that these causes and these things that people are building are real and i want people to know that about me that like i'm here for the long haul and i'm really like invested in in like this roadmap that we're building so just appreciate everybody for you know any support that they feel obligated or not obligated feel obliged or feel like compelled to want to do mm-hmm. um and my dms are open so feel free to tap in if you feel aligned in any way and yeah just thank you know my last thing is thank you adam levy like you are just like a very very you're just as nice as you are in person as you are on zoom calls as you are on calls just all the things and i, I appreciate you just seeing what i'm trying to do and i feel seen just being able to share my story so 
I think that I'll leave I it at that. Appreciate you, bro. Energy, energy reciprocated is energy sort of like received, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and you've gifted me with joy and sort of using my platform to give you a platform. And I'm excited for what you're doing. And we'll have to do this again soon. Hannah. Oh, absolutely. Um, so guys, go check him out on Twitter. Go check out the product or the project. Excuse me. I'll, I'll, I'll include some links. And until uh, next time. Yeah, stay blessed. Stay hydrated and watch out for bears. Yes, stay hydrated <laughs> and watch out for bears. I love that. Yeah, I got to. <laughs> What's up, guys? Thank you for listening. If you've gotten this far, then you are a champ, and I owe you a free listener pin. Go to adamlevy.io forward slash NFT, fill in your info, and I'll distribute the NFT towards the end of the season. By collecting your pin, you prove your contribution to the season and get exclusive access to content, allow lists, and more. So be sure to collect yours. Also, please make sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening. This helps me out so much. And finally, hit me up on Twitter at LevyChain. I want to hear what you're building, the latest crowdfund you're trying to complete, or if you simply want to chat. I love talking about where crypto meets the creator economy, and it's no different if it's coming from you directly. So thanks again for your support. It means the world, and I'll see you on the next episode.